Section 47 of The Genius by Theodore Dreiser. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book 2, Chapter 18. The next thing was to see what could be done with the other art dealers and the paintings that were left. There were quite a number of them. If he could get any reasonable price at all, he ought to be able to live quite a while. Long enough, anyhow, to get on his feet again. When they came to his quiet room and were unpacked by him in a rather shamed-faced and disturbed manner and distributed about, they seemed wonderful things. Why, if the critics had raved over them, and Monsieur Charles had thought they were so fine, could they not be sold? Art dealers would surely buy them. Still, now that he was on the ground again and could see the distinctive art shops from the sidewalks, his courage failed him. They were not running after pictures. Exceptional as he might be, there were artists in plenty, good ones. He could not run to other well-known art dealers very well, for his work had become identified with the house of Kellner and Son. Some of the small dealers might buy them, but they would not buy them all, probably one or two at the most, and that at a sacrifice. What a pass to come to! He, Eugene Whitla, who three years before had been in the heyday of his approaching prosperity, wondering as he stood in the room of a gloomy side-street house how he was going to raise money to live through the summer, and how he was going to sell the paintings which had seemed the substance of his fortune but two years before. He decided that he would ask several of the middle-class dealers whether they would not come and look at what he had to show. To a number of the smaller dealers in 4th, 6th, 8th Avenues, and elsewhere, he would offer to sell several outright when necessity pinched. Still, he had to raise money soon. Angela could not be left at Blackwood indefinitely. He went to Jacob Bergman, Henry LaRue, Pottle Fariz, and asked if they would be interested to see what he had. Henry Bergman, who was his own manager, recalled his name at once. He had seen the exhibition, but was not eager. He asked curiously how the pictures of the first and second exhibitions had sold, how many there were of them, what prices they brought. Eugene told him. You might bring one or two here and leave them on sale. You know how that is. Someone might take a fancy to them. You never can tell. He explained that his commission was 25% and that he would report when a sale was made. He was not interested to come and see them. Eugene could select any two pictures he pleased. It was the same with Henry LaRue and Pottle Fariz, though the latter had never heard of him. They asked him to show them one of his pictures. Eugene's pride was touched, the least bit, by this lack of knowledge on their part. Though seeing how things were going with him, he felt as though he might expect as much and more. Other art dealers he did not care to trust with his paintings on sale, and he was now ashamed to start carrying them about to the magazines, where at least 125 to 150 per picture might be expected for them, if they were sold at all. He did not want the magazine art world to think that he had come to this. His best friend was Hudson Dula, and he might no longer be art director of Truth. As a matter of fact, Dula was no longer there. Then there were Jan Janssen and several others, but they were no doubt thinking of him now as a successful painter. 
It seems as though his natural pride were building insurmountable barriers for him. How was he to live if he could not do this and could not paint? He decided on trying the small art dealers with a single picture, offering to sell it outright. They might not recognize him, and so might buy it direct. He could accept in such cases, without much shock to his pride, anything which they might offer, if it were not too little. He tried this one bright morning in May, and though it was not without result, it spoiled a beautiful day for him. He took one picture, a New York scene, and carried it to a third-rate art dealer whose place he had seen in Upper Sixth Avenue, and without saying anything about himself, asked if he would like to buy it. The proprietor, a small, dark individual of semantic extraction, looked at him curiously and at his picture. He could tell from a single look that Eugene was in trouble, that he needed money, and that he was anxious to sell his picture. He thought, of course, that he would take anything for it, and he was not sure that he wanted the picture at that. It was not very popular in theme, a view of a famous Sixth Avenue restaurant showing behind the track of the L Road, with a driving rain pouring in between the interstices of light. Years after this picture was picked up by a collector from Kansas City at an old furniture sale and hung among his gems, but this morning its merits were not very much in evidence. I see that you occasionally exhibit a painting in your window for sale. Do you buy originals? Now and again, said the man indifferently, not often. What have you? I have an oil here that I painted not so long ago. I occasionally do these things. I thought maybe you would like to buy it. The proprietor stood by indifferently while Eugene untied the string, took off the paper, and stood the picture up for inspection. It was striking enough in its way, but it did not appeal to him as being popular. I don't think it's anything that I could sell here, he remarked, shrugging his shoulders. It's good, but we don't have much call for pictures of any kind. If it were a straight landscape, or a marine, or a figure of some kind, figures sell the best. But this, I doubt if I could get rid of it. You might leave it on sale if you want to. Somebody might like it. I don't think I'd care to buy it. I don't care to leave it on sale, replied Eugene irritably. Leave one of his pictures in a cheap side street art store, and that on sale, he would not. He wanted to say something cutting in reply, but he curbed his welling wrath to ask, How much do you think it would be worth if you did want it? Oh, replied the proprietor, pursing his lips reflectively, not more than ten dollars. We can't ask much for anything we have on view here. The Fifth Avenue stores take all the good trade. Eugene winced. Ten dollars? Why, what a ridiculous sum! What was the use of coming to a place like this, anyhow? He could do better dealings with the art directors or the better stores. But where were they? Whom could he deal with? Where were there any stores much better than this, outside the large ones which he had already canvassed? He had better keep his pictures and go to work now at something else. He only had thirty-five of them, all told, and at this rate he would have just three hundred and fifty dollars when they were all gone. What good would that do him? His mood and this preliminary experience convinced him that they could not be sold for any much greater sum. Fifteen dollars or less would probably be offered, and he would be no better off at the end. His pictures would be gone, and he would have nothing. He ought to get something to do and save his pictures. 
but what to a man in eugene's position he was now thirty-one years of age with no training outside what he had acquired in developing his artistic judgment and ability this proposition of finding something else which he could do was very difficult his mental sickness was of course the first great bar it made him appear nervous and discouraged and so more or less objectionable to anyone who was looking for vigorous healthy manhood in the shape of an employee in the next place his look and manner had become decidedly that of the artist refined retiring subtle he also had an air at times of finicky standoffishness particularly in the presence of those who appeared to him commonplace or who by their look or manner appeared to be attempting to set themselves over him in the last place he could think of nothing that he really wanted to do the idea that his art ability would come back to him or that it ought to serve him in this crisis haunted him all the time once he had thought he might like to be an art director he was convinced that he would be a good one and another time he had thought that he would like to write but that was long ago he had never written anything since the chicago newspaper specials and several efforts for concentrating his mind for this quickly proved to him that writing was not for him now it was hard for him to formulate an intelligent consecutive ideaed letter to angela he harked back to his old chicago days and remembering that he had been a collector and a driver of a laundry wagon he decided that he might do something of that sort getting a position as a streetcar conductor or a dry goods clerk appealed to him as possibilities the necessity of doing something within regular hours and in a routine way appealed to him as having curative properties how should he get such a thing if it had not been for the bedeviled state of his mind this would not have been such a difficult matter for he was physically active enough to hold any ordinary position he might have appealed frankly and simply to m charles or isaac wertheim and through influence obtained something which would have tided him over but he was too sensitive to begin with and his present weakness made him all the more fearful and retiring he had but one desire when he thought of doing anything outside his creative gift and that was to slink away from the gaze of men how could he with his appearance his reputation his tastes and refinement hobnob with conductors dry-goods clerks railroad hands or drivers it wasn't possible he hadn't the strength besides all that was a thing of the past or he thought it was he had put it behind him in his art student days now to have to get out and look for a job how could he he walked the streets for days and days coming back to his room to see if by any chance he could paint yet write long rambling emotional letters to angela it was pitiful in fits of gloom he would take out an occasional picture and sell it parting with it for ten or fifteen dollars after he had carried it sometimes for miles his one refuge was in walking for somehow he could not walk and feel very very bad the beauty of nature the activity of people entertained and diverted his mind he would come back to his room some evenings feeling as though a great change had come over him as though he were going to do better now but this did not last long a little while and he would be back in his old mood again he spent three months this way drifting 
before he realized that he must do something that fall and winter would be coming on again in a little while and he would have nothing at all in his desperation he first attempted to get an art directorship but two or three interviews with publishers of magazines proved to him pretty quickly that positions of this character were not handed out to the inexperienced it required an apprenticeship just as anything else did and those who had positions in this field elsewhere had the first call his name or appearance did not appear to strike any of these gentlemen as either familiar or important in any way they had heard of him as an illustrator and a painter but his present appearance indicated that this was a refuge in ill health which he was seeking not a vigorous constructive position and so they would have none of him he next tried at three of the principal publishing houses but they did not require anyone in that capacity truth to tell he knew very little of the details and responsibilities of the position though he thought he did after that there was nothing save dry goods stores streetcar registration offices the employment offices of the great railroads and factories he looked at sugar refineries tobacco factories express offices railroad freight offices wondering whether in any of these it would be possible for him to obtain a position which would give him a salary of ten dollars a week if he could get that and any of his pictures now on show with jacob bergman henry larue and pottle Ferris should be sold he could get along he might even live on this with angela if he could sell an occasional picture for ten or fifteen dollars but he was paying seven dollars a week for nothing save food and room and scarcely managing to cling to the one hundred dollars which had remained of his original traveling fund after he had paid all his opening expenses here in new york he was afraid to part with all his pictures in this way for fear that he would be sorry for it after a while work is hard to get under the most favorable conditions of health and youth and ambition and the difficulties of obtaining it under unfavorable ones need not be insisted on imagine if you can the crowds of men forty fifty one hundred strong that wait at the doors of every dry goods employment office every street car registration bureau on the special days set aside for considering applications at every factory shop or office where an advertisement calling for a certain type of man or woman was inserted in the newspapers on a few occasions that eugene tried or attempted to try he found himself preceded by a peculiar group of individuals who eyed him curiously as he approached wondering as he thought whether a man of his type could be coming to apply for a job they seemed radically different from himself to his mind men with little education and grim consciousness of the difficulties of life young men vapid-looking men shabby stale discouraged types men who like himself looked as though they had seen something very much better and men who looked as though they had seen things a great deal worse the evidence which frightened him was the presence of a group of bright healthy eager-looking boys of nineteen twenty twenty-one and twenty-two who like himself when he first went to chicago years before were everywhere he went when he drew near he invariably found it impossible to indicate in any way that he was looking for anything he couldn't his courage failed him 
he felt that he looked too superior self-consciousness and shame overcame him he learned now that men rose as early as four o'clock in the morning to buy a newspaper and ran quickly to the address mentioned in order to get the place at the head of the line thus getting the first consideration as an applicant he learned that some other men such as waiters cooks hotel employees and so on frequently stayed up all night in order to buy a paper at two in the morning winter or summer rain or snow heat or cold and hurried to the promising addresses they might find he learned the crowds of applicants were apt to become surly or sarcastic or contentious as their individual chances were jeopardized by ever-increasing numbers and all this now was going on all the time in winter or summer heat or cold rain or snow pretending interest as a spectator he would sometimes stand and watch hearing the ribald jests the slurs cast upon life fortune individuals in particular and in general by those who are wearily or hopelessly waiting it was a horrible picture to him in his present condition it was like the grinding of the millstones upper and nether these were the chaff he was part of the chaff at present or in danger of becoming so life was winnowing him out he might go down down and there might never be an opportunity for him to rise any more few if any of us understand thoroughly the nature of the unconscious stratification which takes place in life the layers and types and classes into which it assorts itself and the barriers which these offer to free migration of individuals from one class to another we take on so naturally the material habiliments of our temperaments necessities and opportunities priests doctors lawyers merchants appear to be born with their particular mental attitude and likewise the clerk the ditch digger the janitor they have their codes their guilds and their class feelings and while they may be spiritually closely related they are physically far apart eugene after hunting for a place for a month knew a great deal more about this stratification than he had ever dreamed of knowing he found that he was naturally barred by temperament from some things from others by strength and weight or rather the lack of them from others by inexperience from others by age and so on and those who were different from him in any or all of these respects were inclined to look at him askance you are not as we are their eyes seemed to say why do you come here one day he approached a gang of men who were waiting outside a car barn and sought to find out where the registration office was he did not lay off his natural manner of superiority could not but asked the man near him if he knew it had taken all his courage to do this he wouldn't be looking for a place as a conductor now would he he heard someone say within his hearing for some reason this remark took all his courage away he went up the wooden stairs to the little office where the application blanks were handed out but did not even have the courage to apply for one he pretended to be looking for someone and went out again later before a dry goods superintendent's office he heard a youth remark look what wants to be a clerk it froze him it is a question how long this aimless nervous wandering would have continued if it had not been for the accidental recollection of an experience which a fellow artist once related to him of a writer who had found himself nervously depressed and who 
by application to the president of a railroad, had secured as a courtesy to the profession which he represented so ably a position as an apprentice in a surveying corps, being given transportation to a distant section of the country and employed at a laborer's wages until he was well. Eugene now thought of this as quite an idea for himself. Why it had not occurred to him before, he did not know. He could apply as an artist, his appearance would bear him out, and being able to speak from the vantage point of personal ability temporarily embarrassed by ill health, his chances of getting something would be so much better. It would not be the same as the position which he had secured for himself without fear or favor. But it would be a position different from farming with Angela's father because it would command a salary. End of section 47